What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Thursday. We got a lot to talk about. We are live here from the studio Thursday afternoon. Storylines around Major League Baseball. I'm finally doing it. My top five City Connect jerseys. And of course, some trivia and fan questions on this Thursday episode. But we got a lot of storylines to get to. Let's get to that off the top of the show. Let's get to it. Let's go. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10 Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the field. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. Man, oh man, there has been a lot that has happened over the course of the last few days in Major League Baseball. So we got a lot of storylines to get to real quick off the top of the show. One, Otani and just making more and more history. Two, the Houston Astros and the role they're on. And three, all-star voting. It's almost done. Phase two, finalists are announced. They're out. The voting is very, very close in a lot of areas. So really interesting stuff. So I'm going to update all of that here soon in a minute. But I have to start with Shohei Otani and what he did Wednesday night in Miami. Truly unbelievable. So I have a lot I want to talk about here. One, that outing Wednesday night. And two, we just need to really soak in here what we're watching. And I'm going to explain why Shohei is the MVP. Without question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it all down just so it's really easy to understand why a guy like this why a guy like Shohei Otani, when we are watching him and while we have him doing what he's doing, he is the most valuable player. Okay, but let's start with that outing last night in Miami. On the mound, um, on the mound, he was unbelievable. Seven innings pitched, two hits allowed, an unearned run, so zero earned runs, and 10 strikeouts. 10 strikeouts. He has now pitched 21 and a third innings without allowing an earned run. He is two outs away from 30 innings without allowing an earned run. It's remarkable. On the year now, Shohei is 8-4 with a 2.44 ERA and 14 starts. But I've been saying this for a while, and this is why, you know what? This is why I have my own segment on the show. So you know what? Put him in the wall. Do the lights. Let's do this. This is why Shohei Otani is such a big part of the show. Because every time, every time he takes the mound, Shohei Otani is doing something that has never been done before in history. And again, last night, on a Wednesday night, he's doing things that haven't been done ever before. Okay, so last night, obviously, like I said, he threw seven innings, punched out 10 guys, and didn't give up an earned run. Gave up two hits. He also hit, and he went one for four at the plate with two RBIs and a stolen base. So he did last night. He became the only person to ever do something. He became the first player since RBIs became official in 1920 to record 10-plus strikeouts on the mound, have two or more RBIs, and a stolen base in the same game. The first one, Shohei Otani, making history. He has now recorded 10-plus strikeouts and allowed zero earned runs in three straight starts. He's just the fourth pitcher in American League history to ever do that. 
John Lackey did it in 06 with the Angels. Nolan Ryan, might have heard of him, did it in 1972 with the Angels. And Ray Culp in 1968 with the Red Sox. And now, Shohei Otani. The stats just keep rolling. Otani is now one of two AL pitchers since 1969 to go 4-0 with a 0.00 ERA and 40-plus strikeouts over a four-game span, joining Johan Santana in 2004 with the Twins. This is remarkable. Remarkable. You can use any adjective in the entire book to explain what we are seeing, to explain Shohei Otani and his dominance. You know, somebody, somebody told me yesterday, they said, because I obviously talk about Shohei a lot. Somebody said on Twitter, they said, you know, Shohei is a generational talent. You know, it happens. We've seen it. No, Shohei Otani isn't a generational talent. Shohei Otani is a once-in-a-universe talent. We've Baseball's been around for well over 100 years now. And we have never, ever seen a player like Shohei Otani. The one comparison is Babe Ruth, who many consider to be the greatest of all time, and he's almost like this fictional, can-you-believe-this-guy-existed character. That's what Shohei is going to be in 100 years, and 200 years. Can you believe this guy existed? Can you believe there was a guy that was doing this? Can you believe there was a guy like Ben Verlander that knew what he was watching when he was watching it? Man, that guy is lucky. I wish I was around when he was talking about him. Everyone needs to appreciate him. I tweeted this last night. I am once again here begging everyone to appreciate Shohei Otani more while we have him. Please. I have this other stat that I want you to really listen to, okay? Really let this soak in because this is remarkable and I feel like everybody should let out an audible gasp when they hear this. In the last 50 years, the highest slugging percentage with runners and scoring position, the highest in 50 years, Shohei Otani at 621. Behind him is Mike Trout and Mark McGuire. In the last 50 years, the lowest slugging percentage against with runners in scoring position. Shohei Otani at the very top of that list. And Dellen Batances and Aroldis Chapman. In the last 50 years, he's got the highest slugging percentage in runner scoring position and the lowest slugging percentage against as a pitcher. It's him on both sides of that. How are more people not talking about this? How are more people not talking about how amazing that is? It's truly remarkable. You know what? He did this in Miami. Miami, the the attendance in Miami for Marlins games is under 10,000. It's like 7,000 per game. Last night in last night they had Here's the tweet right here. Miami Marlins average home attendance for Wednesday home games this season. 7,950. Miami Marlins attendance tonight as in Wednesday. When Shohei Otani pitched, 18,741. More than doubled the average because the face of baseball was on the mound. That's why. I want to end talking about Shohei and just him making more and more history with this. And I want to end with why he is the most valuable player. And the argument that I see over and over and over, people reaching out when I say this, is that, well, he's not on a winning team. Here's my argument. 
Let's look at Aaron Judge. Let's use Aaron Judge as an example here. Aaron Judge has been on the best team in baseball this year. If you take Aaron Judge off of the New York Yankees, they are still a playoff team. If you take Aaron Judge and put him on the Los Angeles Angels and take off Shohei Otani, the Angels, they're not making the playoffs. So why are we punishing a player for playing on the team that he is playing on? Baseball is different than every other sport. If you play the best season in basketball, if you're in the NBA and you play the best, your team's going to get into the playoffs. There's five players on the court. If LeBron James has a fantastic season and wins MVP, he's going to end up in the playoffs. In the NFL, the quarterback, if he has a great year, his team's going to be in the playoffs. Baseball is just different than every other sport. This is the one sport where the argument of, well, you have to make the playoffs doesn't matter. In baseball, the MVP award goes to who had the best season because you can't directly put your team on the back and put them in the playoffs. That's not how it works. Shohei Otani is the most valuable player in Major League Baseball because he continually does things night in and night out that we have never seen before. He is a fantastic pitcher, and he is one of the best hitters in the game of baseball. He's on pace for over 30 home runs to drive in over 100 home to drive in over 100 runs and he's on pace to have a 2.4 ERA. He's on pace to finish the year with 158 innings pitched, 117 hits allowed, 217 strikeouts and 158 innings. He's got a 2.44 ERA. He's also on pace to finish with 35 homers, 103 RBIs and 19 steals. Shohei Otani is in the 90th percentile in speed, in sprint speed. He does it all. Nobody does it all. And he's doing it almost better than everybody else on both sides of the ball. In the last month, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better pitcher. He's also been fantastic offensively as well. Shohei Otani is the MVP. And he made more history on Wednesday night. It's special. Appreciate it, my friends. Whew. I got producer Ray out here with me today. Producer, when I go on tangents about Shohei, what do you what what comes to mind? What do you think about? I mean, honestly, personally, every time we talk about him, it's something different each time. So for me personally, just hearing <laughs> a different stat, a different like record breaking, I'm over here. I'm becoming a fan slowly and surely. I mean, I, yeah, he's a unicorn. What he's doing, like, is just exactly. so special. He's a unicorn. He's a unicorn. Well said. I don't even know. I'm I'm glad you're out here joining me, and you're gonna help me. Where where are we going next? What are we talking about? So next, let's talk about the Astros. I mean, even though their winning streak, unfortunately, came to an end last night, they're back today. It's a brand new day. Justin also pitched today. He did. Um, Jordan Alvarez is absolutely killing it right now. So let's talk about the Astros. I mean, they lost one last night, but today's a new day. They're still rolling. The Astros are still rolling. Heading into last night, they had an eight-game winning streak against good baseball teams, might I add. that stretch that, Since the stretch they started, Against, they went Mets, Yankees, Mets, 
Yankees, and then they just continued on their winning streak. They've just turned over a new leaf. I think they just showed, they, they've been showing lately why they are the team to beat in baseball. And don't get me wrong, the Yankees, and, and I'll get to this in a second. When So the argument is, how can you continue to put the Astros second in your power rankings when you say they're the team to beat? I, I want to get to all that, but I want to talk about the Astros for right now and what they've been doing. They lost last night, but... Today, Justin started. He threw great again. Six innings, two runs, eight strikeouts on the mound. Um, Jordan Alvarez. I need to talk about just Jordan. Look at my shirt. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's who's your daddy? However you want to say it, Jordan is your daddy. (laughs) We need to talk about Jordan. Jordan is the best hitter in baseball. Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in Major League Baseball. He's batting 312 with a 1.073 OPS, 26 home runs now, 59 RBIs. He's on pace for over 50 home runs, which would be a new Astros all-time record, passing Jeff Bagwell. Jordan does it all. He's not just a power hitter. He hits for average. He hits your best pitcher. He hits your worst pitcher. It's unbelievable. Entering Thursday, Jordan was fourth in offensive war in baseball, fourth in on-base percentage, first in slugging percentage, first in OPS, which is on-base plus slugging, third in home runs. He hit another one today, though, Thursday, so that's probably higher. Seventh in RBIs, second in at-bats per home run. Every 10 at-bats, Jordan Alvarez is hitting a home run. Every 10 at-bats. So I feel like for a while, Jordan wasn't getting the credit he deserves. You know, you hear Aaron Judge in that MVP conversation, rightfully so. You hear Rafael Devers, rightfully so. I'm not, adverti- I'm not advocating against those guys. I'm just here telling you, Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in baseball. And it's pretty hands down and simple. In the month of June, when Jordan won the Player of the Month, AL Player of the Month, he hit 418. In an entire month, a 5'10 on base percentage, 835 slugging, 1.345 OPS, and 28 RBIs. All, every single one of those, is the best in baseball. So, yes, this is about the Astros and how good they are and why I believe they're still the team to beat in Major League Baseball. They have shown that since the world was saying the Yankees are the best team in baseball and now the Astros have to run into them. Well, they beat them quite handily. They beat the Mets handily, who were the best team in the NL at the time, and now they've just gone on a tear ever since. Jordan's a big a big part of that, but so is their starting pitching. The Astros' starting pitching has been unbelievable. You come into the year, and I don't think you realize this is what's going to happen with the Astros. You, you come into the year and you think, okay, if the Astros are going to be this good on the pitching side, Lance McCullers must be play, playing and pitching well. Lance hasn't thrown a pitch all year in the major leagues, but he's coming back at some point. Justin has been fantastic. He's having a Cy Young caliber year. He's 10 and 3 on the mound, 11 and 3 on the mound because he won Thursday. 11 and 3, a 2 ERA and 16 starts. Framber Valdez 8 and 3, Luis Garcia 
seven and five. All of these guys with an ERA around three. Christian Javier, a 3.01 ERA. By the way, Christian Javier, who wasn't even in the starting rotation every single game at all points, ends up having to be thrown into the rotation because Jake Odorizzi goes down. And Christian Javier is now the only pitcher in Major League Baseball history with 27 or more strikeouts and one or fewer hits allowed in a two-game span. Only pitcher in history. In a two-start span, 27 or more strikeouts and one or fewer hits. Remarkable. The Houston Astros are rolling, and in my opinion, and I've been saying this for a while, and I have been one of the first this year to say just how good the New York Yankees are. And man, was I right about that. The New York Yankees are on pace to break the all-time Major League Baseball record in wins. So how can I say right now that the Astros are the team to beat? And how can I say that they're number two in the power rankings behind the Yankees? Well, let me explain all of that. I do believe the Astros are the team to beat, and I do believe they played the Yankees really well, and they showed that the Yankees have some deficiencies, most of which being they, they struggle to beat the Houston Astros. So they need to figure that out. But when it comes to power rankings, power rankings aren't just, okay, how, does, how do these two teams, how do they fare against each other? Power rankings are who's the best team in baseball, and it's pretty clear, cut, and dry. The New York Yankees have been the best, most unbeatable team in baseball this year. They're on pace to break the all-time record and to have the best winning percentage of all time. Until that changes, the Yankees are number one in the power rankings. But I do believe the Yankees have a Houston Astros problem. The Houston Astros are showing lately just how good they are and how good they will be all year, and that they are a force to be reckoned with. The American League runs through the Houston Astros. The Yankees have a great chance to take them down this year because I don't believe there's been a team this good that has pushed the Astros this much in the, over, you know, consistently over the last five, six years. The Yankees appear to be on a collision course to play the Astros in the ALCS. In a sport where you can never guarantee anything, never, nothing's really a certainty, the Astros and Yankees appear to be on a collision course for the ALCS. There are no two better teams in the American League, and it's pretty clear cut and dry. I can't wait. I hope that's what we get. Both of these teams are incredible, and right now the Houston Astros are on an absolute tear. Got to talk. I just love when you get fired up like this, Ben. I know. I get, I get fired up, and that's why I need you. I, I need you because <laughs> I just feel like I run out of breath every once in a while. And I get really passionate, and I just love the game of baseball, you know? I mean, as you should, but I do have a question for you. Okay. Do you think Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in the league right now? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Jordan is the best hitter in the league. And, you know, the month of June, obviously, you know, that counts. We're counting that. But what he did in the month of June was just prove that there's really nobody better. There's nobody that's capable of going on a stretch of batting 418 for an entire month. I mean, are you kidding me? 418 on a month of slugging percentage of 835, 28 RBIs in the month. Jordan is leading baseball in so many categories. And if you just watch him, he's just the best hitter in baseball. Yes, Aaron Judge is doing what he's doing. He got to 30 home runs on Wednesday night. The 30th homer was a grand slam. That was awesome. And Aaron Judge is having an MVP caliber year. But when we're talking hitting, it's Jordan. Jordan's the best hitter in baseball. Clear. 
pretty easy. And it's also easy to, to forget that he's still 24, 20, he's still 24 years old. He may have just turned 25. I think, you know, I did, I talked about his age earlier in the year and he was 24. So if he had a birthday, spare me. He's fine. He's still really young. Remember, at 24 years old, Aaron Judge wasn't even in the big leagues. Now Aaron Judge is doing what he's doing. But Jordan Alvarez is doing this at an age when Aaron Judge wasn't even in the big leagues. Think about that for a second. And that is why he won AL Player of the Month. I mean, he definitely deserved it. But let's move on to something I'm looking forward to. All-Star Weekend is around the corner, and we have some updated um, ballots for you guys. I hope you all are excited and ready for the content that we have coming for All-Star Game because starting next week, we are going to be rolling. There is so much stuff coming. Last year in, in, in Denver at Coors Field, the All-Star Game experience was my first in this industry, but we also just we just went for it, and it was so much fun. And I promise you guys this year we are going for it. We have so much coming. But what I want to do right now is take a look at the final phase of All-Star Game voting. So who's going to be there? Who's going to start this game? So this is a little update for everybody. Phase two is just two. There's just the finalists at every position, and whoever wins the vote, ends up a starter. So this is big time, and this matters. So let's start with the American League and go through position by position. We will start at the catcher position. Alejandro Kirk sitting there with 74% of the vote. So I think that's safe to say Alejandro Kirk is going to be the starter for the American League All-Star team at catcher. Over at first base, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. over Ty France. Vladdy Jr. at 66%. Ty France is a friend of the show. Um, So I would like to see him start there, and his numbers warrant that. But he has been hurt for the last few weeks to month. Uh, That really hurt him when it comes to the voting. It looks like Vladdy Jr., who is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can't go wrong with him starting, and it looks like he's going to. Over at second base, Jose Altuve with 56% of the vote over Espinal for the Blue Jays at second base. Uh, Still pretty close, but Altuve with a, a good little lead there. Over at third base, Rafael Devers. This is this is Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez, by the way. Devers at 59% of the vote. So it's looking like he will be the guy there. At shortstop, Tim Anderson. This one's close. Tim Anderson, 55% of the vote over Bo Bichette. So we got a close race there. Over in the outfield, Giancarlo Stanton, 22%, which is close. We'll get into that more in a minute. So... Outfield's a little tricky. The percentage, it's not just them against one other guy. So we'll dive into the, the, the Stanton thing in a minute. He's at 22% and currently in a spot. And Mike Trout at 39% of the vote. Aaron Judge is the other all-star starter. He has already voted in because he is the leading vote-getter. At the designated hitter position, this is a tight one. Shohei Otani currently leads Jordan Alvarez. Shohei has 51% of the vote. Jordan has 49% of the vote. So let's take a closer look here at the some of the closest races, uh, and I'll, I'll give my opinion here. But certainly two really, really close ones. First up in the American League, the designated hitter like I was just talking about, Shohei Otani and Jordan Alvarez. Shohei with 51% of the vote, Jordan with 49% of the vote. I'm going to surprise a lot of you here. This one's going to throw you for a loop. Jordan Alvarez should be the starter at designated hitter for the All-Star team. He should start. Now, Shohei Otani, 
you all know how I feel about him. He should absolutely be there. He should pitch, and he should hit. Jordan deserves to be the DH. He does. He's been the best hitter in baseball. He is the best hitter in Major League Baseball, and he has earned and deserves that starting DH spot. Now, what I will say, because I do believe Major League Baseball should focus and highlight Shohei Otani any way they possibly can at the All-Star game, and it's not going to be possible to do what he did last year, as in um, be in the home run derby, start the game on the mound, and start at DH, because I don't believe he's going to start the game on the mound. What I do think should happen, and I don't know if he's going to participate in the home run derby. That would be fantastic. But what I do think should happen is Shohei will pitch, Probably pretty early in the game. I would say he probably pitches the second or third inning. Um, but he should hit in that inning. So whenever he goes out to pitch, he should also come off the mound and immediately go up to hit at the plate. That's how they should handle Shohei this year. I just struggle. Like, Jordan is the best hitter in baseball. And you just look at the stats, and, and it's night and day. And what Shohei is doing is obviously impressive because he's pitching mo- better than most anybody on, on the other side. But that, that can't take away what Jordan has done. So we need to find a way to highlight Shohei Otani in the best possible way without taking away from Jordan. And in my opinion, that's putting him out there on the mound and allowing him to hit in that inning. And I'm hopeful he participates in the home run derby as well. But we will see about that. But currently, Shohei Otani leads with 51% and Jordan Alvarez at 49%. So that is close. In the outfield, the closest other one here is Giancarlo Stanton and George Springer. Stanton has 22% of the vote. Springer has 21% of the vote. This is an interesting one for me because, well, Giancarlo Stanton's hitting 240 on the year. George Springer's hitting almost 250, so not too much better. Stanton with more power, with more home runs. But Springer hitting a little better average this year. Um, I I would actually vote George Springer here. And the reason for that is because I don't feel like there's a lot of players out there that mean as much to their team as George Springer means to the Toronto Blue Jays. When George Springer is in that leadoff spot and playing – The Toronto Blue Jays are a different team. Springer has been, offensively this year, they've been very close. George Springer plays a fantastic defense. Not that guys are getting voted in to the All-Star game based off of their defense, but when it's, I mean, we're splitting hairs at this point. They've both been really good. They both hit for power. They both drive in runs. George Springer has a, less RBIs. Giancarlo Stanton's drove in a bunch of guys, but Springer's a leadoff guy. He's not going to have that opportunity to drive in a bunch of guys. So this is another close race. It's splitting hairs here, honestly, but I would go George Springer and Stanton obviously needs to be at the All-Star game as well. But those are the close races there. Let's move on to the National League. Let's update the National League voting. At catcher, we will start there with Wilson Contreras. 64% of the vote, it looks like he will be in as the starter. Paul Goldschmidt, 67% of the vote at first base. Yes, that needs to happen. Goldschmidt, MVP, um, front runner right now. Over at second base, friend of the podcast, Jazz Chisholm, with 58% of the vote. But Jazz Chisholm is in as the starter. The other candidate is Ozzy Albies. He will not be able to participate because of his broken foot. So Jazz Chisholm will be starting there. Love that. Love that for baseball. Moving on over to third base, the left side of the infield for the National League. This, this, listen to this. Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado have both been great, right? Can't argue that. 
It's 50-50 right now. Each of them at 50%. At shortstop, Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson, both been fantastic. 50-50. This is deadlocked. The left side of the infield is deadlocked, coming down to the wire. Out in the outfield, Jock Peterson in left field with 31% of the vote. Mookie Betts in the outfield as well with 36% of the vote. And already in because he was the leading vote-getter for the National League, Ronald Acuna Jr. At DH, Bryce Harper with 57% of the vote. This sucks because Bryce Harper broke his hand. He's out. So it looks like he's going to get voted in, and it'll count for him as an all-star appearance. Uh, but he will not be able to participate. So Bryce Harper will not be playing in the All-Star game. So it looks like Wilson Contreras, who's going to be the catcher, his brother will be the DH, William Contreras. Absolutely love that. They won't be the only pair of brothers at the All-Star game because the Verlander brothers will be there just in a little different capacity than both playing. But hey, still kind of cool. So yeah, the two close ones there, shortstop and third base, Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado. I think I would go Dansby Swanson at shortstop. Again, this is splitting hairs just because... He, he started off the year a little sluggish, and what he's meant to the Braves' rebound and how good he has been. He's been the best shortstop in baseball since he turned it around, and the Braves have as well. So I would go him, and at third base, I'd take Manny Machado just because of how good he's been for that team with Fernando Tatis out. He has put that team on his back in the first half. So there's a little update on the All-Star Game voting, a little caveat for you guys this year, which I wanted to mention. This is a new rule that the new CBA implemented. The commissioner of the league, Rob Manfred, is now able to add in one player, one legend, if you will, based off of career accolades and statistics, to each all-star team. So one NL player and one AL player. I also saw that he's able to do more if he wanted. So if, if, if it was cause for it, he could add another. But... Rob Manfred this year able to bring in one from each side. You have to believe, and you just know, on the National League side, he's going to bring Albert Pujols, the legend. This is his last year, his farewell tour. Albert Pujols deserves to be there on the biggest stage, at the, the, mid-summer, the mid-summer classic, if you will. He deserves to be there, and the fans deserve. And it's in L.A., so the fans there love him. He deserves to be honored. On the American League side, I was thinking about this. I think he's going to go Miguel Cabrera. I think you have the two best hitters of the generation, Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. I think he's going to bring both of those. A little thing, he's adding in rules, so I think I should be allowed to add in a rule. Whoever is brought in by the commissioner as the legend pick should have to race before the game. Just a sprint, a 100-yard dash, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. Who wouldn't want to see that? You want to you wanna add in a rule where you can bring in two players? Great, you can do that. You're the commissioner. I would also like you to hear me out and add in my rule that whoever you bring has to race. I think that sounds like a good idea. But that does it. That catches you all up on the storylines from around the league. Now I am pumped. We have a list to get to, and I've been waiting for this one for a long, long time, but they are now all out and released for this year. So it is time for top five City Connect uniforms, which I am pumped about. I've been waiting. You all have been waiting. This is going to be controversial because some of you might love these. Some of you might hate them. But what I want to start with is kudos to Major League Baseball for doing this, by the way. These City Connect uniforms, pretty much across the board, 
There's a couple I don't love. Um, shout out Dodgers and Giants. Don't love y'alls. But all in all, Major League Baseball has done a fantastic job with these. By far better than what I think the NBA did with their city uniforms. Major League Baseball has done a fantastic job. But here is my top five list. Let's start at number five. I have the Miami Marlins. This is really cool. There's a lot involved here. This is kind of a inspiration from the Cuban culture they have down there as well. The Miami Vice theme. Uh, so I really like these. And Jazz Chisholm, when he rocks any jersey, is going to look really cool in them. So the Miami Marlins come in at number five. At number four, the San Diego Padres. You know, there's a lot of talk about these ones. You either love them or you hate them. I actually really like them. There's a lot going on here, I will admit. But let me explain here, because there's a little bit of a backstory. There's a lot going on. There's also a little inspo from Mexico. The San Diego and Mexico are very close. There's a big Mexican population there in San Diego. So honoring that a little bit. Also the beach, there's sort of a beach theme with the sand color and then San Diego's in different colors. So I really like it. I like what they did. Different, but good. Also, same as Jazz Chisholm. If Fernando Tatis Jr. is rocking any jersey, it's going to look good, so there's that. Moving on to number three, the Colorado Rockies. I love these. Shout out to the Rockies for putting these together. The mountains, because, well, the Colorado Rockies. Rockies, get it? Of course you have the mountains in there. The green color comes from the pine tree look. You can find pine trees all over in Denver and the Colorado area. So a nod to those as well. The, the hat, these are so clean. These are beautiful. The Rockies come in at number three. Moving on to number two, the Houston Astros Space City jerseys. Self-explanatory here. It's Houston. It's a space city. But they did really, really good with these. The hats are cool. You got the, the orbit around the hat. You got the color theme. I really like those. And last, and certainly not least, my favorite City Connect uniforms that have been released so far, the Chicago White Sox. These are incredible. The White Sox, when they wear these out on the field, they're just sick. They got the south side, the black with the white pinstripes in honor to the city. I mean, it's just beautiful. So I'm a big fan of this list. Let me know what you all think. I would love to hear. I know this is up for debate. I've been waiting for a while to do this top five list. This is my top five list. I love these. The Marlins, Padres, Rockies, Astros, White Sox. And that does it for my top five City Connect uniforms. Shout out to Major League Baseball, by the way. These City Connect uniforms, I, I, really, I know I said this, but I really love what they've done. The NBA kind of... You watch what the NBA did with their City Connect uniforms, and they're kind of all over the place. Like, you can watch a game and be like, what team is that? Like, who is that? Who are they even playing? What, what, what's happening there? But Major League Baseball has done a really good job of, of factoring in the team and the city, and I just, I'm a really big fan. Do you, how, what do you think of my list, Rhea? I think your list was great, except mm. I think the Rockies should have been number one. Oh, okay. So you do like the, you, oh, the yeah. Rockies? Okay. I love the list, yes. Yeah, I like the Rockies a lot. In my opinion, the top three is, uh, this is all my opinion. I think the top three is a pretty consensus top three. I, I don't think there's much of an argument that those, those are, I mean, the White Sox are certainly up there. Um, For sure. And, and the other ones. I, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the Rockies a lot. Well, let's get into what my favorite part of the show. Hopefully you've been studying, brushing up on your knowledge. Because now it's time for trivia. Oh, God. Yeah, I've been really <laughs> brushing up on anything that could have ever happened, maybe ever, in Major League Baseball. I've really done my research. So. 
I mean, I would think out of anybody, you're the MLB baseball just period king of trivia. You're just setting me up to fail at this point. <laughs> God dang it. All right. No, let's do it. you got this. Let's do it. All right. Who is the first player in Major League history to have his number retired? First player in Major League history to have his number retired. thinking Yankees, but I also think maybe uh, I'm going to go Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig is correct. Yeah! Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so next. Who is the first Major League player to hit a home run? The first Major League player to hit a home run? Yes. <laughs> I, um, first Major League Baseball player to ever hit a home run. Ever hit a home run. I feel like I... If I if this one doesn't immediately come to mind, I'm not going to know who it is. So it's probably somebody from Cincinnati, Red Stockings back in the day. I, I don't know. <laughs> Beats me. Who? Mike Griffin. <laughs> Did you say Griffith or Griffin? Griffith. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you can't win them all, Ben. You can't win them all. All right, one for two. But that one, I mean, I, I was brushing up on my knowledge, like you said, but I forgot to go back to 1776, you know? <laughs> When I say go back, you got to go all the way back. I know. Okay. All right. All right. Which player was the first ever MLB Rookie of the Year award winner? Now, this one you should know. I should? You should definitely know. Can I get a year? We don't do hints during trivia. <laughs> um, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, correct. Let's go. Whew. All right, two for three. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're killing it. Thank you. All right, this one might be a little tricky. Let's see if you get it. Who is the first player to win the Cy Young Award in consecutive seasons? <sighs> the Cy Young Award in consecutive seasons. Mm. I'm going to go Sandy Koufax. It's not Sandy, but it is Steve Carlton. Okay. I don't hate my guess, so kudos to me for for a wrong guess. All right. Last but not least, probably my favorite trivia question of today. Which famous athlete became part owner of the Boston Red Sox last year? Which famous? Can you repeat that? Okay. Which athlete became part owner of the Red Sox in 2020? Uh, LeBron James. The GOAT, LeBron James. Correct. Let's go. Was that the last one? That was the last one. Okay. Okay. Kudos to me. Now's the time of that show that you all know and love where I grade myself based off of the trivia. And I'm going to give myself today. So one, you went back to the first home run of all time. That was a really that tough one. That was pretty one. tough, yeah. And then what was the other one? I missed the back-to-back -back Cy Young Awards. So I'm going to bump myself down for not getting the back-to-back -back Cy Young Awards. The first home run out of the question. Who you know? Not who cares, but I, I, I wouldn't have known that one. I'm going to give myself an A- minus for today because I'm very proud of myself. I feel like you always give yourself A's, though. I mean, you can't always get an A. You can't always get an A, Ben. Okay. Well, today I did. <laughs> I've given myself the lowest. I've given myself a C minus before because I was really disappointed in myself. I don't know. I think I got like one right, but I brought myself up a little because of the bell curve because everybody that participated didn't do great. So I brought myself up. So, all right. That does it for today's trivia. A minus. 
I, I did I did really well there. So uh, what are we doing next? Pick to click. Next, we are doing pick to click, and uh, it'll be a Ben and Raya pick to click today. So okay, I'm excited about it. All right. So one um, last week was the last one with producer Conrad, and I won that. So I won the all time matchup. So pick to click there is done. I will be continuing with pick to clicks though, and Raya will be doing one as well. So. This is your first official pick to click. I would love to hear what you have for me. Well, first, I do look forward to becoming the pick to click um, winner. So beware of that. But my pick to click is the Dodgers sweep the Cubs. All right. So your pick to click is that the best team on paper sweeps one of the worst teams. In baseball. <laughs> okay. All right. I see you. Um, my pick to click this week is that Kyle Schwarber, a.k.a. Babe Ruth, is going to hit two home runs this week. So between now and next show, Kyle Schwarber will hit two more home runs. Now, the reason I'm saying this, little update on Kyle Schwarber, since the calendar turned to June, in which he was the player of the month, he has turned into Babe Ruth. He has hit a million home runs since then. He has been, I mean, he has been on an absolute tear. He had 12 homers in June, and since July started, he's been on a tear as well. He's got four homers in the last, like, three or four days so I think he stays hot. I think he hits two homers in this next week. So that is my pick to click, and yours is that the Dodgers sweep the Cubs. So moving on now to our last and final segment here. This is the Thursday show, which is interactive. I love this. Fans can ask questions. It can be honestly all over the map. I don't care. Get in your questions. I will answer them live on the Thursday show. So producer Rhea, do we have some questions today? We do. Let's get into it. All right, let's do it. All right, first fan question. Who are the five must-see players at the Home Run Derby this year? Oh, if I could pick five must-see players in the Home Run Derby this year. Um, one, I have to put Pete Alonzo in there because he's won every time he's participated. So that puts him in ca the category of one of the best Home Run Derby participants of all time. So Pete Alonzo, one. Jordan Alvarez, two. In no order, by the way. Jordan Alvarez is two. Aaron Judge, three. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., four. Oh, man, this is crazy. Who do I go? Five. So many possibilities. I'm going to go Shohei Otani as five because we saw what he's able to do last year. He got off to a really slow start. I saw it up close and personal. And once he got on the board, it was remarkable what he did and him and Soto had a really cool back and forth so I'm gonna go Alonzo, Jordan, Aaron Judge, Vladdy Jr. and Shohei Otani. That's a pretty good list I won't argue with that. Thank you. All right so next up are the Angels a buy or seller at deadline? <sighs> this is close this is this is tricky because there is an extra wild card team this year and I do believe you know, almost half the league, almost half of each league is going to make the playoffs. You have six teams. There's, what, 15? Um, yeah, so almost half. I'm going to say this really comes down to, and this might be an easy cop-out answer, but I'm going to say this comes down to how they play between now and the trade deadline. And this is often how it works with the trade deadline. Those teams that are on the fringe, it can come down, and we have heard owners and GMs say before, we need to be at least X amount of games out of a spot to be buyers. And if we're not there, we're going to be sellers. I think that's what we're going to see, even if they don't announce that or not. It's going to come down to the deadline. And if they're, 
you know, five or less games out of a wild card spot when it comes time, I think they're going to be buyers. And we all know they need they need help. They need help offensively. They need help pitching. And they need help. Last I checked, you need to pitch and you need to hit. And they're not doing both of those very well. So they do need help. But I, I don't think I have an answer for you yet. I hope they're buyers. I think they can be buyers. If I had to, if I had to pick right now, I'm going to say the buyers. For sure. And Shohei, we trust, right? And Shohei, we trust. All right, so last fan question. With how tough we've seen them play against Houston, how long do you think it will take for Kansas City to get back into a serious contention? They have played the Astros well. They played the Astros well pretty much all series. Um, a bunch of really good games. I, I like the direction the Royals are heading. I like the direction a lot of these, these teams that have been struggling for a couple of years are heading. Uh, so I don't want to go away from your question about the Royals. I'll get back to that. But the Royals... The Orioles, the Pirates, I'm excited for the direction these teams are heading. There's there's hope on the horizon for these teams. You, we saw the Orioles have a winning month in the month of June for the first time in years. Uh, we see the Pirates with Cabrian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz on the left side of the infield and Jack Sawinski looking fantastic. They're fun. And your Royals, um, or the Royals, you said us is in Houston, so you're an Astros fan. But the Royals, look, with Bobby Witt Jr., Nick Prado coming up, soon uh there's talent all over mj melendez is really good i think the royals are close i think they're in that same atmosphere as um the orioles and the pirates as not there yet but when we're talking three years they're going to be in serious contention i like them a lot and i like what some of those teams are doing so thank you for those questions i love questions on this thursday show it's just a way to make the thursday show interactive that does it my friends for this week's Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. This has been a blast. Bunch of storylines for you. Top five City Connect. Make sure you like, subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere. Rate it five stars if you can. That stuff helps. Also, we're on all social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Flippin' Bats Pod. We're also on YouTube. Every episode is on YouTube. The video, you can watch that there as well. Thank you all for joining. This one has been an absolute blast, and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats.